Welcome to the Proclaim podcast, where we sit down with missionary disciples and talk all things around sharing Jesus with others. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to our Proclaim Live conversation. I'm here with a good friend, Rachel Wong. Rachel, how are you doing tonight? I am doing very well, Eric. Thank you. And yeah, good evening, everyone. We're going to wait for a few of our guests to jump on, and we're going to have a really good conversation. I always enjoy having conversations with Rachel, and uh, I hope that the the feelings are mutual. Uh, so we're going to have a good one. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. Feeling is mutual. I love connecting with you because I know that we go back quite a ways as well. So it's really great to be able to connect with you in you know this environment and of course to talk about Jesus. I mean, what could be better? So We had a chance to host or MC last year's Upper Room Conference with a thousand people. Do you remember the feeling of being up front in, you know, at the front of the stage getting to see all, all 1,000 people from the Archdiocese? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was super nervous. And I wasn't sure if it was just because like, I knew that there were just many incredible people in that room, of course, um, or just seeing like the the depth and the width and just so many people there. Or maybe it was just because like I knew um, Cardinal Dolan was nearby. So I was like, man, I can't mess up here. And then you got me to introduce him as well. So I was like, man, now I definitely can't mess up. <laughs> I think you also introduced Sister Miriam Hydland. I did. I was supremely fangirling, um, you know, being a podcaster and then like with her being one third of one of my favorite podcasts, Abiding Together, I was like, you had given me a gift that day just to be able to introduce them both. So it was a lot of fun. Well, it was definitely a blessing. And that conference launched our Proclaim movement here in the Archdiocese of Vancouver. We just had another another upper room conference, which was so different because of COVID and mm-hmm. uh, our limitations with um, having only 50 people in our parishes, having to go online, having to do things digitally. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the upper room experience for you. Mm-hmm. I know you attended St. Matthew's in person at one of our host sites. Uh, But before we get into that, I'd love to spend a little bit of time uh, just hearing a little bit about your story and in particular how uh, you've encountered Jesus and how you've lived out being an intentional disciple. Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So where did, where did you grow up and, uh, you know, how did you encounter the Lord in within your life? Mm. Yeah, so definitely, I think as with many folks, it's such a huge and and long story and can go on for quite some time. So I'll keep it brief, um, but I'm a parishioner of St. Matthew's, like you mentioned, and I've been all my life. So I think from a young age, family has always been in our home and my parents have been so good in raising my sisters and I in the faith. But certainly I think with many of us, it sometimes can disappear just for a myriad of reasons. And it really didn't take until like I was in university. I had really been in a lot of dark places in my own life with like mental illness and bullying and just different things that were going on. Um, But by the grace of God, it was actually the very, I would say like the second or third day I was at Simon Fraser University in my first year, I had encountered Catholic Christian Outreach, which I know that you're very familiar with, Eric. Um, But I encountered CCO like right in my second or third day. 
And this was a time in my life where I thought that after I graduated from high school, I was going to really detach myself from the faith. But somehow, someway, God, you know, I, I always say that I can run. I really can't, but I can run, but God can run even faster. So he was able to catch up to me. Um, and it was at uh, one of the Rise Up. So it's the annual conference hosted by CCO. It was actually in Vancouver in 2016. And that was when I experienced for the first time Eucharistic adoration um, and really came face to face with our Lord and really encountered him there in the Blessed Sacraments um, in a time of my life where I really felt like there was no hope for me. Um, you know, I was at this real point of despair and just really questioning and grasping at what the meaning of life was. And it was in that moment during Eucharistic Adoration where I not only saw his face, but the theme for that year, I don't know if you remember, was called by name from Isaiah chapter 43. And very clearly I could hear him like really speak out my name. And for the first time, like my, my name actually had like weight and meaning. And it was something that I'd been trying to seek out for so long. And, you know, there I was and I saw him in the Blessed Sacrament. I saw his face and I knew who I was and I was a daughter of God. Um, and from there, like I know that we're going to talk about being an intentional disciple and a missionary disciple. But I would have to say that that was really the starting point. So that's almost five years ago now. And, you know, it's been such a crazy adventure ever since. Having an encounter like that that is more than just an emotional experience it's it's really an overwhelming of god's grace that uh that kind of covers your mind and your heart and your whole body and your uh in that moment it's it's undeniable how how god can break through uh, father john ricardo was one of our speakers at mm -hmm. the upper room this past year and he likes to call adoration his wrecking ball oh, yes. it's it's the thing that he just knows that you know if you put jesus out people will encounter the love of God mm -hmm. and will uh, be invited into intimacy, to into a deeper prayer life, into a moment of meeting our Lord. Uh, I can't tell you how many times, how many stories I've heard of uh, young people, young adults, uh, even uh, older generation individuals who have mm -hmm. uh, found themselves in front of the Blessed Sacrament and have been overwhelmed by, by God's grace. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So the story continues, I know. And my next question to you is, uh, how have you grown as a missionary disciple? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I really attribute just a lot of the formation that I received from CCO. Um, you know, it, like I was a student leader and I was leading faith studies for quite some time, like shortly after Rise Up and in the remaining part of my time at SFU. Um, so there was that and being able to really journey with different folks as they were going through discovery or source. Um, and then also beyond that, too, because I think sometimes there can be maybe that feeling of like, you know, I am the leader and you are like a follower or you are someone who is learning from me. Um, but I was really hoping that it would be more than that. And we could really dive into not just like that learning relationship, but also a, a deep friendship and you know, sisterhood is extremely important to me, as I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, so there was that. And also, I really had this amazing opportunity to go to World Youth Day with CCO. Um, so I was in Panama in January of 2019. And, you know, to be in, you know, your local church, your local parish is certainly one thing. And it's a beautiful experience week in and week out. 
But to be in the midst of, I, I think for that World Youth Day, it was probably like 650,000 young people from all over the world. So for all of us to be there and for me to just be like, man, like I'm just one person in this sea of so many people in a world with 1.2 billion Catholics, like it really just set, you know, my heart. And I know that my team's heart, like it set all of our hearts uh, like a blaze. Um, and just to know that all of us have a unique call and gift to be a light um, of Jesus to other people. Like we're called to bring that to every corner of the earth. And that's why World Youth Day is just such a powerful experience. Um, and then like, you know, to kind of zoom back into our local parishes and kind of recognize like, okay, how can I take that flame that I'd received? How can I take that and bring it into my parish community, my, my friends, my family, wherever it might be, and just share that with other people? Um, so I'd have to say that those two were really like those defining moments or the defining things that helped to really serve as a catalyst for, you know, this missionary impulse. I remember getting to attend World Youth Day. It was almost 20 years ago now, 2002. And it was in Toronto with yes. uh, Pope St. John Paul II. And uh, as you're speaking, I'm, I'm, I'm empathizing because I remember mm -hmm. that moment. And I remember feel, uh, feeling overwhelmed by uh, the grandeur and the bigness and the sort of the, uh, the universality of the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. But also I was uh, struck by the responsibility and the, uh, I guess, the, the invitation for all of the young people. And, you know, and, and St. John Paul II did that. He, he exhorted us and said, go out and be, uh, be a light to the world, be salt of yes. the earth and, and light of the world. So I, I, I empathize and recognize the, uh, the defining moment that you're speaking of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And I, I mean, you know, I am so jealous of you to hear you say that you were, you know, in the same vicinity as John Paul II, you know, just such a, a great, great man. I, and of course, like, you know, Pope Francis as well and, and Benedict and, and all of our, but just incredible. Like, I'm so jealous, Eric. Well, I, I just remember hearing stories of how someone like a, a St. John Paul II or, you know, um, uh, Mother Teresa of Calcutta would walk into mm -hmm. the room and it was like their presence was known because of just their holiness and, and the grace that exuded from, you know, from their from their being being around. And certainly I experienced that. I remember him coming on a helicopter mm -hmm. uh, into Downsview Park and he, you know, he had his Pope mobile driving through the crowds about to lead us in prayer. And I, I remember seeing him thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm in I'm in the presence of one who is so close to and intimate with with our Lord. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's definitely an experience I'll never forget. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think with some of those experiences comes the responsibility uh, that mm -hmm. we've encountered the Lord. And uh, and now he's invited us to 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 send us out. Rachel, we've found ourselves in this place where the pandemic has turned everything upside down. And we've said and proclaim often that uh, pandemic has been an impulse, but uh, our Holy Father has invited proclaim and all kinds of missionary activity to become a missionary impulse that is capable of transforming everything. So how have you seen your parish, your community, your own life, um, I guess, be transformed? Or how have you seen them respond to that call to be a missionary impulse? Yeah, yeah, and and what a great quote too. Just because, you know, when I when I think of you know like impulse, and it makes me think of the word pulse, and you know, you think of the biology of that. Like, if there is no pulse, then you're 
you're just not alive. Like there's nothing happening. And I think that, you know, very early on in the pandemic, I think a lot of us were really, you know, grappling with this idea that, okay, these were, you know, going to mass, receiving the sacraments, seeing the person in the same pews, like week in, week out. We were really grappling with this idea that, okay, like our, our world is suddenly very different and all these things that we were so used to, now we can't do. So one of the really beautiful things that I've seen in my parish community, but also in parishes across our archdiocese is just the great way that everybody has been able to adapt. And everybody's been very creative and thinking outside the box. And, and sure, it hasn't been perfect, but I think what matters is that people have been trying. So it's like, I think of our own parish, like here in St. Matthew's, like we've you know, had all the, the video setups and people are scrambling to put together like live streams and, and do all of that, like all this technology stuff that I don't quite understand. But there's someone that is putting to use those skills that we have, or maybe they didn't even have them before. So it's finding those ways to be resourceful and be adaptable um, and figure out a way to really, you know, in many ways, like share the mass with people and then also encourage all of us to bring about like this idea of the domestic church, which is something that I really had no concept of. But I think now after the pandemic, you know, God willing, very soon will be over. We're all going to have a greater sense of what it means to have Christ in the home at all times and to recognize that he has always been there. It's just that I think we've always associated church with a place, um, which is, you know, our parishes or those buildings that we call our parishes. But really, Christ is he's with us inside of us and he's with us in our homes. So I think you know, that adaptability and that recognition that each of us are called to bring Christ, like, you know, like you were saying, to be that light and bring it into all of those places. And I think maybe the other thing that I would mention, too, is that everybody has been, like, particularly in our community, and I'm sure in other parishes in the diocese, um, everybody has been very intentional with the way that they've been going about, you know, the communications and reaching out to different folks. So, you know, I'm really blessed to be one of the many writers on the Behold team. And I know that they have such a fantastic team of people kind of backing that and making sure that they're listening to what people are desiring, what content people need to consume or they want to consume. Um, and they've been very intentional with how they're approaching that. So it's really cool to see how people are really thinking and they're being very prayerful about, okay, like what is God saying in this moment, even though it sounds and it seems totally crazy, but what is God trying to say here and now? And how can we adapt and move with it rather than just kind of cross our arms and be like, okay, we, we can't win here. Um, because I think that many parts of the world or, you know, many things in the world right now, that's what people are doing is people are giving up and people are feeling frustrated and, Certainly, I've been there too, like a couple times. Um, but what gives me hope is just the ingenuity, um, the innovation, and how people are being very creative and very intentional with how they're approaching the different things. I think you've nailed uh, one of the primary dispositions that a missionary disciple is invited to take, and that's to ask the question, what are you up to, God? Holy Spirit, tell me, mm -hmm. tell me what you're up to, because you're always up to something good. 
and we're invited to find it and to to catch on and to respond and to be part of it. And uh, mm -hmm. something you said earlier, which I think is, um, you know, I'd love to talk a little bit about it is the opportunity or uh, or what you might say, the, the Holy Spirit's uh, opening and sort of raising an awareness to uh, the to our, uh, uh, I guess, our opportunity to be a domestic church. Mm -hmm. So for our listeners, let's dive into what that means. What is, uh, what is the term domestic church? Sure. Yeah. And, you know, like I don't have a perfect definition for this. And I think that it's really something that's come to the forefront for a lot of us. So, you know, like I mentioned, we typically associate like church with like the, the, the building. So there's usually the altar and the, the tabernacle right at the front. And you kind of know where the choir is and you know where the soundboard is and all that kind of stuff. Um, but of course, you know, for all of our parishes, like most of them were closed for a very significant amount of time. Like I would say it was only maybe a couple months ago that we started having daily masses at St. Matthew's, for example. So I was able to go back. Um, but in those early days and weeks and months, we really had to resort to watching mass, which is such a weird thing to say, right? You're watching mass, like it's on your screen. And I know for us, like it's on the big screen, we're sitting on our couches. And it's such an odd thing because suddenly it doesn't feel like mass. It just seems like you're a spectator watching other people go to mass. So it's such an odd concept, but I think it was really trying to change our mindset and be like, okay, like, yes, this is not ideal. And no, I can't receive the sacraments, but to, to really be in that mindset of Jesus is still present. Like he always has been and he always will be despite the fact that we can't be in a church. And of course, church is the ideal thing, but in this crazy circumstance that we find ourselves in, it's finding that way to still invite Christ into the space that we're in. And I think that like, you know, for a woman, as a woman, I would, like, I love to think of Christ as, you know, like our lover and he is the perfect gentleman. And I hope that, you know, many of the men who are watching this, they can also maybe like, you know, seek some solace in that as well, that, you know, Jesus would never like force his way into a place that he's not invited to. So even in a time such as this, you know, where he's really, really desiring to be so close to us, he still is waiting for our invitation. And yes, yeah, so like it takes a change of mindset and to get over the fact that, okay, I'm kneeling on these weird, like Ikea foamy mat things, like during the Eucharistic prayer and I'm sitting on my couch, uh, like I, I'm drinking tea in a mug that's on our coffee table, super weird. Um, but it's really allowing myself to invite him into the space. And it's that moment when we invite him, he will totally flood the room. And that's what I noticed is that wherever I was watching mass, if I could just change my mindset and invite him in and allow him to be present with me in the way that he always desires to be, um, it really changes the experience. And it does almost make um, this experience of being in a church, even though I know that I'm just in my living room or I'm just watching on my laptop, for example. Yeah, when we're caught up at home, when we can't go out, and many of us are, are experiencing this, uh, we have the opportunity to invite Jesus into our home, to make our mm -hmm. home the domestic church. And um, for many of us, this is a new experience. Uh, 
of, of praying with our family around the living room in front of mm-hmm. a TV or, or even finding other opportunities to invite Jesus into different parts of our home. And mothers, fathers, kids, all will find their unique ways of doing that. And we're invited to consider different opportunities in our day-to-day lives. Uh, our Holy Father even has invited us to consider our homes as missionary outposts. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I love the sort of the contrast of our homes being domestic church, um, you, know, you know, inviting Jesus in and then allowing him out, if you will, to be a right. missionary outpost to our neighborhoods, to the communities that we might be a part of, to the family members, the people in our in our bubble. Mm-hmm. And and that's really what Proclaim is, is wanting to encourage as well, that not only are our communities and our parishes missionary outposts, but our homes would also find a way to be missionary outposts. And uh, I think COVID has invited a lot of our parishes to step into different ways of using the tools of technology to proclaim the gospel. Mm -hmm. And uh, Rachel, you started something even before COVID, uh, a podcast, the Feminine Genius Podcast. Uh, And to to a lot of us, that's kind of a new technology uh, within our Catholic world, although it's been around for a long time. And you've, you've stepped into this and you were telling me earlier, you've You've come up on, what was it, 50, 52, 53 54, episodes? Yeah, 54, 54 episodes, episodes this past Monday. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Thank so you. tell us how God had inspired in you uh, to start a podcast. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's super funny, too, just because, like you're saying, I, I think this time of COVID has really gotten us to really consume a lot more media, and podcasts are no exception. Um, but actually the the first inkling that i got of this was actually in world youth day in panama so in january 2019 so the podcast has been running for just over a year and a half now um but it's funny because like i I went into 2019 really desiring and asking the lord okay like what is my vocation and in my mind i'm thinking like capital v do you want me to get married do you want me to pursue a religious vocation and that was my kind of prayer for the year and i was praying to god and i was trying to open myself up to a spirit and just be like can you please tell me where you want me to go because i was nearing graduation and you know all throughout my time in panama for like literally the entire two weeks i was getting these senses of you know like i was being reminded of women who i really admired and all of these fantastic stories and like music and all these random things. So I just thought I was getting heat stroke from Panama. Um, And I was like, Lord, you know, I'm like, I was a true Canadian. I was apologizing for all the distractions in my prayer. I was like, this is crazy. I'm trying to pray about whether or not you're calling me to marriage or calling me to religious life. And it continued to follow me even after I got back. Um, And I didn't really come to know that this was a podcast that he wanted me to do until I was actually in Ottawa visiting a friend and I was at the Adoration Chapel attached to her parish and it was there like in one of the few times I think that I've heard God very clearly speak to me like I said to him like Lord these are distractions and I have no idea what's going on and you know I could hear him say back to me he's like well what if this isn't a distraction and you know it's a conversation, like a full-on conversation that I had with God, you know, like you want me to start 
a podcast and like I was throwing out all of these excuses like I had no time I had no money I didn't know what I was going to call it I had no niche or no concept of what it was going to be but sure enough like God really like blew wide all of the doors and it just goes to show that when there is an impulse so to speak and when he wants you to do something and you say yes like he will stop at nothing to hold all those doors open for you so like i kid you not in that period of a month like may of 2019 he was able to help me get all the equipment together line up the first couple guests you know put together a website and you know get all of the what have you all together and then we launched on june 1st and we haven't looked back since so it's been a real blessing and there have been so many challenges but also so many joys uh, and then of course on top of that COVID happened in March and you know prior to COVID happening all of my interviews had been in person with people that I knew like locally that I was close to and I really saw the pandemic as an opportunity that God was inviting me to really step outside of my my bubble so to speak but not like my physical bubble but really like my bubble of confidence and he was calling me to step out and asking me like do you trust me and i was like uh yes i think so and from there i was able to connect with people from like all over north america like all of these incredible women doing incredible things and it's just been such a blast to be able to meet different Roman from all over the place and just hear how God is moving in their lives. And then, of course, to stay true to the whole theme of the podcast, how they are living out their identity as Catholic women in the world and the different ways that God has called them to. I'm imagining, because you said earlier, you know, God stopped at nothing to open all those doors for you. It's it's Jesus, the perfect gentleman that you mentioned exactly. earlier. He's, he's right there and he's he's standing with you and he's opening all those doors. That's wonderful. Uh, mm -hmm. Could you share a couple of tan uh, specific fruits that you've seen uh, through through the ministry, really, the ministry of, of your um, The Feminine Genius podcast? Yeah, I think, you know, on a personal note, I would have to say, like, one of the things that I'd always struggled with growing up was really finding my place and, you know, my purpose as a Catholic woman. And, and I think even in society, too, like, just as a woman in general. And I was really struggling with and really frustrated with, like, this attack on femininity and you know feminism has become such a, a weaponized term I feel like and you know I look at what's going on in our world when it comes to like the like the feminist movements and then you look at what's going on in the church and I felt like you know I was kind of stuck in the middle and I wanted to obviously stay true true to the church and our dogma but also there were some things that I really didn't understand like you know why is it that women you know, in many jobs, like we are doing the same roles as men and yet we're being paid like less than. So I was really stuck and I was like, Lord, like, what is my purpose? What do you want me to do? And on top of that, one of the things that I've really been reflecting on recently is, you know, when I was younger, uh, I remember one of my teachers told me that, you know, Rachel, you have an exceptional gift at talking. And it's only now as an adult that I look back, I'm like, whoa, whoa, like, what do you mean by that? Um, but also it wasn't something tangible, like, you know, music or science or arts or whatever. So I was like, you know, 
like what can God do with a, a woman who can talk a lot? Like, not really sure, but yet he can redeem that. So I think that's the beautiful thing. So I think on a personal note, like those are two fruits. Um, but on a wider level, I think he's really invited me into like deeper sisterhood, which I mentioned earlier, like sisterhood and community. And I think that's also another thing that I've always struggled with growing up was that like I had friends who were women, but it's only recently that I've realized the real value of, you know, friendships and relationships that are rooted in Christ and not just like women with women or men with men, but just with everybody, just the importance of having Christ at the center of my life, but also the center of my relationships and how when we allow God into that as well, you know, so many beautiful things can happen. And as part of the podcast, like one of the things that I did shortly after the pandemic started was I was having virtual coffees with women, again, from, you know, all over Canada and all over the United States. And I was so blown away first at the reception of this idea but also how like within five minutes of talking to a complete stranger, you know, they've already shared so many parts of their life to me. And I'm a complete stranger to them. Like they only know my voice through the podcast and yet they're so ready and willing to share the struggles that they've encountered, but also how they've encountered God through that. And that like as a storyteller, that is such a gift and a privilege for me. Um, and I'm, I'm just so blown away at how, you know, trusting people are, but also just the many unique and personal ways that God works through their lives. Like there's no two stories that are alike. And that's incredible to me because there are so many people in this world. So just imagining how he can work so uniquely and individually in all of our lives is just insane. What a great missionary opportunity that has mm -hmm. come as a result of your response to the Holy Spirit's prompting in mm -hmm. your life. Uh, podcasts sometimes could feel like one-way conversations or, you know, you're kind of just putting out your, uh, your conversation that you're having with uh, your guest or you're trying to communicate some insights and mm -hmm. you've taken the opportunity to interact with your listeners. Uh, to hear their story and to have the virtual coffee and uh, to consider or perhaps see an opportunity to uh, to share the love of God with mm. with another. So wonderful, good for you. Uh, that's you. so for our listeners. It's uh, if you want to find Rachel, you can uh, search Feminine Genius Podcast with Rachel Wong on any of the podcast platforms. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Upper Room Conference. You yes. attended at St. Matthew's at one of our host sites. Mm -hmm. And there were two questions that we asked all of our participants uh, after each of our sessions. The first was, how did the Holy Spirit move you or inspire you? And the second was, how have you been moved to action? Mm. Yeah, what a great, yeah, two amazing questions. And like in terms of the Holy Spirit moving and I think we chatted about this earlier, Eric, about how even though it was much smaller space, like you could really tell that, you know, people were yearning and excited to be there, to be in the space um, and to really receive what it was that God was um, like speaking to us as a parish, us as an archdiocese. So like I really... I think for me, like there was a renewed sense of vigor and 
um, just this desire to really go forth and proclaim to all people and really bring that light to everybody that I meet. And it was so crazy just because I think like from the beginning of the pandemic, uh, and you were mentioning salt and light earlier, um, it's that verse from Matthew's gospel about being a light to the world and how when we are living out what it is that we're supposed to be doing and we're doing all of these good works, like when we're being that light, other people will look at us and then glorify God. And I was just reminded of how like that is such an important thing for us to remember like whether it's we do missionary activity or we create, we have a business, whatever it might be, like nothing is mine. Everything that I do is for God's glory. And I need to be reminded of that because I think especially in our society today, especially when we're on our phones and we're so stuck on social media, it can be so easy to get disillusioned and really like weigh our own selves down by the likes or the algorithm or whatever it might be. So it was just such a, a constant and just loving reminder from the spirit to be like, yeah, none of this is mine. All of this is for God. Um, so yeah, it's just been such a blessing. And I think just in the midst of that, I totally missed the second question. So would you mind <laughs> reminding me of that? Right. Yeah. How, how have you been called or um, uh, how yes. has the Holy Spirit moved you to action? What's next for, for you? Thank you. I'm so yeah. sorry. Um, <laughs> Yeah, in terms of being moved to action, uh, like one of the beautiful things that I've been thinking about a lot ever since Upper Room was like, okay, how can I have meaningful connections with people at my parish, particularly in this time where I'm not seeing people as frequently? Um, and, and I think even for myself, like prior to this pandemic, I wasn't really as involved in my parish as I would have liked to be. So it was just something that I was really asking the Lord for like an opportunity, whatever it might be. And we were chatting about this earlier on in the week about how we are starting RCIA again. So we're going to have to be very creative with how it works given all of the COVID restrictions and whatnot. But I'm very excited to be on the team this year and just helping to bring more people to encounter Christ. And that's really the focus, I think, for our year this year with RCIA is like, of course, catechetics are important and to really share the truth and the wisdom of the church, um, but also to hopefully guide people and journey with them and help them to encounter Christ. And I think that while that's happening, I know that I myself will also be able to encounter him as well. So like that's one very tangible thing that I'm really looking forward to. And also it's just such a blessing to see how God has really answered the call of and the cry of my own heart. Pete Barak at our conference uh, asked us a very pointed and challenging question. He mm -hmm. said, are you in the game? And uh, <laughs> Rachel, I, I know you're in the game. I know you have responded to the Holy Spirit uh, through your podcast, through reaching out to your listeners, through responding to the pandemic, the opportunity to be part of the leadership team at uh, St. Matthew's with RCIA. So mm -hmm. thank you for your witness and for your willingness to be a missionary disciple. And uh, one last question I'd love to ask uh, to, um, what word of encouragement would you like to offer to our Proclaim community? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier, and and I think I would have to say, um, or maybe remind everyone that you know Jesus is within us, and you know Jesus is that light. So all of us are meant to be like these lanterns. And I think actually the other day, someone gave me this analogy of how we are fireflies. Now I hate bugs, but I'll go with this analogy. <laughs> um, all of us are meant to be like fireflies. And you know, when, if you've ever seen fireflies, like they'll go into like the darkest of the dark, but you know, their, their light is, it's so unique, right? Like you just see these little things like flying in the air and your vision and your sight is instantly drawn to them. So in the same way, like when we know who we are and we know that everything belongs to God, even this pandemic, like what is going on right now, it all belongs to him. So when we're rooted in that and we know our identity as sons and daughters of God, everything that we do for his glory will really draw people in. And it's from there that people will be like, okay, like what's going on with that person? Like, why are they so joyful or why are they so happy and and so convicted despite the fact that all of these crazy things are going on and it really is like that light of christ so i would just encourage everyone to really you know look deep within them and see what it is that god is calling them to do um, and from there remember that it all belongs back to him and if you know, if we say yes to him, he's going to like throw open all those doors and he's just going to make it so easy for us to be that light and that witness. Um, so, yeah, I just encourage everybody to really remember that and really remember that we are lights and we shouldn't dim it, um, especially in this time. Like, I feel like our world needs more light more than ever. Amen. Rachel, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story, to be a word of encouragement, uh, to be a witness to each and every one of us. I'm encouraged by how the Holy Spirit is moving in you, and in particular, how you've responded, how you've responded with generosity and with a willingness to serve your community, our church, our Lord. And so we pray that the Holy Spirit would continue to move in you and through your podcast and your message. And to all of our Proclaim listeners, thank you for joining us. And we hope that you've been encouraged by uh, this conversation and that you would be moved to share Jesus with others. So we hope you have a wonderful night. Uh, thank you for joining and see you later. Have a good night. It's a good night.